time for our scripture reading. And today it comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 34. I've got two parables today. The first is the parable of the mustard seed. He told another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it's grown, it is the largest of all vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds in the sky come and nest in its branches. And then verse 33, the parable of the yeast. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour until the yeast had worked its way through the dough. May God add a blessing and understanding, I'm sorry, may add a blessing to the reading, hearing and understanding of this scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Amen. As long as humans have been around, we've had this uh, deep-seated need to control. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, And and this need to control serves a purpose in life. It it helps us to predict the outcomes that might come our way. And from the beginning, The church has done this in a number of ways, trying to predict how we should be as people. You know, and control is not always a bad thing, right? Studies have shown that that people who have a high uh, need to control tend to make better grades and tend to perform better at at their jobs. But the problem is, is that for us Jesus followers, the family of God is not something that can be controlled, but rather it's something that will stretch the lives of people. Uh, This summer, we're going through uh, the parables of Jesus uh, in the gospel of Matthew. And, And these parables Uh, are keys, if you will, to understanding how we can live as a family together. Our scriptures call it the kingdom. You know, in our modern day contents, maybe community or family might be uh, a little bit more accurate of how we think of that today. And and in the very first week, I think, Michael, didn't you say that that uh, Jesus was the king of show and tell. <laughs> you know, that, that he could tell these incredible stories. And we're in our third week in chapter 13. Notice I didn't say last week in chapter 13. We're in our third week in chapter 13. I think we finish that up next week. And Jesus started, uh, we started in this chapter with Jesus Uh, telling the parable of the sower who sowed seeds just indiscriminately. He just threw threw them out there because he wants everyone to hear the message of God and be a part of God's family. And last week we looked at the parable of the wheat and the weeds and we learned that that it's it's God's job to to deal with, with judgment, not 
not necessarily ours. And, and today, Tori read these two small parables, the mustard seed and the yeast. You know, one of the mistakes that, that I think we make when looking at the parables is we tend to look at the parables like a proverb rather than what a parable is. You know, a parable is a story that gives an illustration to some kind of greater truth. And, and in the biblical context, it's revealing things about God, revealing God's grace, also revealing God's judgment. Whereas Proverbs are short moral sayings that have a general truth or piece of advice. Generally, a proverb is pretty easy to understand. And here's a modern day one, right? A better late than never. <laughs> you know, that, that's short, that's quick, and, and you understand it. Point is clear. And if you've been in church uh, for uh, any length of time and you've heard this parable preached on the mustard seed or the yeast, you've probably heard something like, big things sometimes have small beginnings. Or don't judge something based on its size. Now those are fine interpretations of, of what this passage is saying, but it's also the proverb interpretation of what it's saying, right? It makes sense. I mean, the parable talks about something small, a mustard seed or a bit of yeast that becomes something grander, the largest of all the plants. Uh, a huge loaf of bread. Until we dig a little bit deeper and we understand that the, the people who would have heard Jesus say this would not have viewed a mustard seed or yeast in a positive way. You see, the mustard seed was considered a weed dreaded by a farmer the way today's uh, uh, gardener or, or people who take care of yards would dread kudzu <laughs> or crabgrass. You know, it starts out small and it just gets all over the place and it invades our flower beds. Uh, verse 31, let's, let's take a look at verse 31. The, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in his field. If you're here with us last week, that should bend your brain a little bit because we just talked about the wheat and the weeds and how the enemy uh, of the devil came and planted weeds in someone's field. The very next verse, verse 31, Jesus comes up and he says, I am going, Jesus says that a man comes and plants a mustard seed, a weed in his own, in, in his field. I mean, if this were, you know, Monday Night Football and Keyshawn Johnson, he would have said, come on, man. I mean, think about it. He just told us weeds were bad, and now he's saying the kingdom of God is like a weed. 
Verse 33, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour until the yeast had worked its way all the way through the dough. Whenever leaven is mentioned in the Bible, I believe it's about 22 times in the Old Testament and 17 times in the New Testament, it always, well, I guess not, almost always reverts to something evil. Uh, the first instance we see of this is in uh, Exodus 12, 15, as the Israelites are getting instructions on how to observe the Passover. Exodus 12, 15 goes like this. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day shall be cut off from Israel. Now, the most common form of leaven is yeast. If they wanted to get rid of leaven from their house during that Passover, just in case they forgot and used it, or else they would be excommunicated, cut off from Israel. Uh, you can see why that the woman in this story that Jesus talks about hid the yeast into the bread. Could all this mean that Jesus is telling us that the family of God is not something to be controlled, but something that's gonna stretch how we live our life? Now, we as the family of God, the people of God, children of God, we want to be participants in what God is doing in the world. Uh, and, and this is not an instantaneous process for us to participate in what God is doing. It, it happens over time by us making small changes to our life. And then eventually we become more who God knows that we can be. Uh, I, I would like to call this bridging the gap. Uh, Michael, at the beginning, uh, talked about one of our staff people, Margaret Grubick, who uh, is following the call God has placed on her life and entering into uh, the process to become a minister within the United Methodist Church. And, and when she was at church council talking about her call to ministry, uh, she said something that really caught my ear about this call, she said, it's getting back to the child that he made. I love that because sometimes I think we think that, that transformation is so that we can be loved by God and that's not the case at all. We're already enough. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. The transformation process is a response to what God is doing in our life. Saying that we can't control God, that seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it, right? Yeah, we can't do that. But our actions say something different. The way we live our lives, we are constantly trying to control and shape the outcomes that happen. 
rather than allowing God to stretch us into places where we can extend the love of Christ. And and I think if we're going to take Jesus seriously and trust that the family of God is like a mustard seed that grows and stretches our life, or it's like yeast that a woman hides into bread so the bread can be multiplied and more people can, can come to the table. If we truly believe this, then I think there's some things that this parable can teach us to help us make that step. Uh, in both of these parables, I believe Jesus is telling us that we should be quietly becoming strong. You know, the family of God, the kingdom of God is never flashy. You wouldn't know that, would you? (laughs) By the way the institutional church sets up stuff. And, And I'm including Asbury in that. We've got lights, we've got haze. Look at the VBS decorations that are going out. Pretty flashy, right? But we put too much stock in the institution of the church, the the real kingdom of God, the family of God happens between each other face-to-face in relationships. That's not saying the institution is not important. Don't hear me say that because it is important. It gives us the opportunity to come, to worship together, to be together, to talk together, to grow together. Our students spent uh, their mission camp with Trinity United Methodist Church working alongside each other. The institution provides opportunities for us to do that. In the United Methodist Church, we're able to, to reach out worldwide where we as individuals or a, a small church would not be able to do that. The institution is important, but it is not the essence of the kingdom of God. Uh, In these parables, Jesus is calling us to quietly become strong. But also, when we do that, we're going to have unexpected growth. As we uh, bridge the gap between who we are and who God knows us to be, then we're going to influence people in ways that we could have never imagined. The way to really impact the world is to be authentic to God to ask questions of God. You know, we tend to want to, um, Jama, it's okay. I am way off script right now. I saw Jama turn her, her sheet over. I'll get back on in just a second. We tend, <laughs> we tend to want to bully people into believing what we believe, but that's not the way of Jesus. 
Jesus asked questions. Jesus told stories. The, the, the poet Nancy Willard put it this way. Answers are closed rooms and questions are open doors that invite us in. And when we live that way, when we make that the family of God, the world around us becomes more caring, becomes more loving, becomes more accessible to people. The thing about the mustard seed is that it would get everywhere. It would get everywhere. Uh, the wind would blow it, and it would land, and it would grow. It would get all over people's shoes, and they would walk around and spread it wherever they went. I have a good friend who, uh, who pastors in Calera, and him and his wife, Cassidy, uh, many years ago, she got inspired to... Um, have a, what she called a garage giveaway. If you've been around Asbury a while, you know, we've done garage, God's garage sale. Same thing, where, where you set out everything and it's absolutely free. So she has this vision of doing this and they have a community of friends that, that they have built together and Ben worked at a church at the time and so they put the word out to, to bring all the stuff and then on set date, they would put it out. And boy, did they get a lot of stuff. It kind of overwhelmed their house. Uh, when the day came, they didn't know if anyone was going to show up or not. But it came. And people started coming. And they came in droves. So much so <laughs> that their neighbor called the police on them. And the police get there. And Ben said the policeman was like, I didn't know what to tell her because this is awesome. <laughs> By the end of the day, the neighbor was pulling out stuff to give away. The kingdom of God just gets everywhere and it just spreads with unexpected growth. And then it reveals secrets the way of Jesus is complex, and I don't believe that we as human beings are capable of knowing everything about how God works. So Jesus decided to talk about how God works in parables. Uh, this weekend at annual conference, uh, one of our delegates, uh, Thomas Hammock, looked at me and said, he said, why, why does Jesus talking parables. He said, he just needs to tell us what to do. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> if he would just go ahead and tell us what's going on. I think it's because, I really believe it's because us humans, we have a need to control things. And if he was just to tell us we were trying to control all of it, instead, he stretches us into places we never thought that we would go. Do you know that psychological studies have shown that people are happier when they give up control? Seems the opposite, doesn't it? It almost seems counterintuitive. And the reason why they, they, they speculate that people are happier when they give up control is because 
when you're trying to control things, you give up the things that really help you experience the joy of life. Family, friends, community, all the stuff that Jesus talks about in this beautiful gospel of Matthew. We're called to trust in the way of Jesus, to follow him and to become the people that he knows that we can be. This means we're gonna to have to step out in faith and sometimes give up the control and stop trying to make the outcomes meet what we want. It's when we do this is when the Holy Spirit will show us the way. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. Don't you love the message? <laughs> but when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. In, in these parables, Jesus is turning the world upside down for us Jesus followers. He stretches us to do things that we thought we'd never do. He stretches us to consider things that we never thought we'd consider. I want to take one more look at our passage, verse 32. It's the smallest of the seeds, but when it's grown, it's the largest of all vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds in the sky come and nest in its branches. The challenging part of this for the people in Jesus' context is that they would have heard these birds as pests uh, that would come and it would eat the crops that they were growing for their family and the crops that they were going to take to the marketplace. Much like in some of our gardens, we'd put up a scarecrow or something to keep birds out. We did not want them in there. And Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a destructive plant that will come and invade the earth and grow so big that it can be a place for the unwanted of the world. What does that say? about how we as a church family should be. Well, I think it says that it doesn't give us answers. It doesn't give us a clear vision of what to do, but, but it says we need to be people who are willing to be stretched. Stretched to a place where, where we're, we're okay giving up control. Stretched to a place or people in our community who desperately need the love of Jesus Christ can find it, stretch to a place that's more interested in caring for the needs of others than being right. The family of God is not something that can be controlled, but rather something that's gonna stretch us. Let's pray. God, sometimes we just don't have the answers. 
Help us to trust in you, to follow you, to let the Holy Spirit take us by the hand and show us the way so that people in this world can find your love and find shelter right here at Asbury. In Jesus' name, amen.